Welcome to Rainer's Radio, practical training for joint heirs with Christ, with your host, Diane Thomas. Good evening, and welcome to Rainer's Radio. This is Diane Thomas, your host. Let's just take a moment and relax, and just put aside anything that's taking up your attention or your emotions or too much of your brain power, just put them aside. And just remind yourself that God is right next to you. He's in you. He's with you. God loves you. He's for you. He's not waiting for you to mess up so he can yell at you. He is pulling you towards him. His desire is for you. He is on your side. And he knows everything that you're going through. You don't have to try to convince him of its importance. Because he loves you, he knows everything that's going on in your life. In fact, those circumstances that you're trying to get your arms around, those are circumstances that he's created. That change is hard. Most change we don't like. Even if it's a change in a positive direction, it's hard. It, we don't like change. We don't like to, to be in any way out of control. And change does that. Again, even if it's a positive thing and a, a promotion, even if something as good is happening, it's still stressful. But God knows that. And no matter what, we make mistakes. And God knows that. And we're, none of us can go back and change our history, change how we were born, how the family we were raised in, how well equipped we, we were to enter into adulthood. None of us can go back and change that. But we can change what we're doing now and prioritize those things that are the most valuable to us. And God is the most valuable to us. So we've been talking about the abilities that we have in our soul, and we've been talking about different homework assignments, things to do between our programs and just things to do in general, and hopefully you've been doing those and having some success. But I'd like to go over a couple of ideas. And again, everybody's different, and whatever you do, if it is bringing you into a greater dependence on God and is stirring up those abilities within you, keep doing it. I trust God to lead you, and I hope that you trust him to lead you as well. Really, in a lot of ways, what we're doing here is just being encouraging. We just want to keep our eyes focused on what he is doing in us and not be distracted. So let's talk about how we're approaching our homework in general. 
one of the things that our soul has learned to do is what it's good at. Your soul is going to be different than mine. It's going to be different than someone else's. We each have a different soul, even though our soul has similar elements, the same elements, mind, will, and emotions. Just like in your body, we each have a different body. Our DNA is different, and yet we all have the same elements. We have arms and legs. We have a brain. We have eyes. We have the same elements, but they're put together different. Same way in your soul. Your soul is put together different than anyone else's, but it has the same elements, mind, will, and emotions. And if you want to add conscience or perception, anything else you want to add in there, that's fine. It doesn't matter. We're not, we're not strict. We're, we're descriptive. But your soul has learned bad habits. Maybe your, your body has as well. But your soul has learned bad habits that protect itself. Your soul has created crutches and belief systems and ways to meet its own needs without God. Now, the longer it's allowed to keep doing what it wants, the stronger those bad habits are. Now, God knows that you have bad habits in your soul. He knows that. You're not hiding anything from him. You're not getting away with anything. But he gave you the soul you have, and he doesn't hold it against you that it's doing what he knew it was going to do. So there's no surprises and there's no guilt. Don't try to hide from God your soulical bad habits, how your soul behaves. You can't hide anything. And he doesn't, again, he doesn't hold it against you. This is a survival technique that your soul has created and, he know, and God knows that. And it's not relative He's not going, okay, well, you had better circumstances growing up or or now, so you should be able to be, let's say, farther along or less dependent or you shouldn't have as many bad habits. And yet, so somebody who had a really rough childhood growing up or bad circumstances now, they should be able to get away with more because God would be sympathetic for the bad situation. Neither is true. Because God loves uh, loves us all equally, not because of us, but because of that's his character. He is love. That's not just something he does, it's something he is. So it's not something he holds back because he does not hold himself back. He loves us unconditionally. That's who he is. And he gives himself unconditionally. That's who he is. And his goal is to make you and I able to receive his love unconditionally. Now, one of the best ways to cooperate with God, we've been talking for years about 
spending time with him and learning to hear his voice and gaining that confidence that we're hearing him clearly. Now that we're dealing with soulical habits and learning how the supernatural realm works and stirring up the soulical abilities that we already have, there's just as we learned to hear him clearly, that's a soulical ability that is stirred up. So take some time to think back over the past year, past five years, past ten years, back to when you first became born again. Do you have a greater assurance, a greater confidence that you are hearing him more clearly? And I don't mean audibly, not necessarily, but just have that confidence that you're receiving what he wants you to receive. You're, You're able to have that assurance to receive whatever you need when you need it from him, that you're communing with him, that you're not running from him, that you're not hiding from him, that you're comfortable in his presence, that you enjoy his presence, that he enjoys your presence. Those are all aspects of your solical abilities. There is wisdom involved, healing, miracles, faith. The abilities are stirred up as you're waiting on him, as you're waiting with him, as you're hearing him. Those abilities in your soul were already being stirred up. We just never took the time to label them. So being able to hear from him and receiving guidance or encouragement or peace, those are all aspects of what other people call the gifts of the Spirit. They aren't gifts of the Spirit. They are abilities that are in your soul already. And the presence of Spirit, the presence of God, stirs them up. So you could see, say the ministry of, help, of helps when God draws you to minister to someone else or the gift of wisdom or prophecy or a word of knowledge or miracles, whatever, however you want to label your past experiences, we don't need to label them because the abilities that are in your soul will respond automatically to the presence of spirit. Now, our desire is to be cooperating and aware of what God is doing. He does not want us ignorant. He wants us to be aware and involved in what he's doing. So just as we were spending time with him so he could sharpen our hearing and stirring up the abilities without our even being aware of it, now we want to be aware of it. He's already doing it. Now we just want to increase our awareness of it. So we've talked about you 
asking, is there an, you know, starting with, is there an area that you are particularly interested in pursuing that? There's absolutely no harm in that. Being clear about this is a desire of your heart. Remember, God gives you the desires that are in your heart. He doesn't, that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to fulfill them. It's just that this is one of the ways he leads us is by giving us a desire. So if you desire, for instance, to a word, you know, be able to give wisdom, a word of wisdom in due season, or miracles, or healing, if those are desires you have, those you ask, you check with God, God, is that something you want me to pursue? If he says yes or no, you respond accordingly. No big deal. Because that's one of the ways he is drawing you. The goal here is not that you perfect that ability, any of those abilities. This is simply God's way of drawing your soul into a position where he can heal it, where he can free your soul from its bad habits. So we get, we are being drawn by his goodness. The abilities that he's placed within us, when they start operating in our lives, are satisfying. They're they're pleasant. They're something that gives us joy. Regardless of your temperament, there's an aspect of having an effect on other people's lives that's pleasant, that's, that's something that we want more of. Like we, we are stirring up a thirst and a hunger for more of him and to share what he has already given us. So he draws us in the direction he wants us to go by stirring up the desires we have. And part of those desires are involve stirring up the abilities that we have, that we already all have. So this is not about being a special little person or having a special anointing or a special gift or a special destiny We're all in the same level, the same boat. We come before the same cross. We come before the same empty tomb. We come before the same throne. And that's what matters. Not, Not who we are, but who he is. And we can come boldly before the throne of God because of what he's already done. And he's already done everything for everyone so we can come and be available to whatever he wants to do and a lot of times we don't want to try things because we don't understand them and that's fine there may be a time when God draws you into a new boldness where you just go oh let's just give it a try Or he may be bringing hesitation because he wants to give you more details. Again, we're not not clones where 
He downloads information and we know what to do. We're each individualized and he treats us as individuals and he's freeing us and healing us as individuals. How he keeps us straight, I have no idea. But going back to the homework, we've learned how to spend time with him, to be quiet, to be available to him and have the confidence that he is quickening our hearing, quickening our sight, being, making us more able to receive what he wants to give us. All that is part, one of the side effects of that is to stir up the abilities that are already in our soul. So if you've been doing that, you have already been stirring up the abilities in your soul. What we're just doing now is instead of only paying attention or mostly paying attention to our ability to hear him and recognize his actions in our lives and respond, we're now widening our openness to see what else he's doing in quickening our soul. Hope that makes sense. So as you spend, continue to spend time with him, because that will always be the bedrock foundation, but we also recognize that our soul has certain tendencies. There are certain habits that most people have in common. We have a hard time, for instance, controlling time. We have a hard time prioritizing. We all want to do what feels good. Well, most of us want to do what feels good. There are gluttons for punishment out there, and we won't get distracted by them, but there's, we all have, we do the things we like to do because we like to do them. Now, we all have requirements on our lives about, you know, how we need to be behave and social constraints and, and on and on, but those don't interfere with, we do those things very often, not because we want to, but because we feel obligated or we have to, because there's constraints on how we can live our lives. And those are all perfectly part of our being alive here on this earth. A lot of those are physical constraints. We all need sleep, for instance. And yet when we start to expand from not just listening and, and trusting that he is quickening our hearing, now we're going to expand that we're not just making ourselves available for the hearing, but for the stirring up of the abilities. So if he's brought your attention and the desire for healing or miracles or wisdom and you start asking for it you go okay what is you know how do i operate how do i get this ability of miracles functioning in my life now this is where we recognize that our soul has its own goal and that goal in and of itself is contrary to God's goal because your soul wants to maintain its bad habits because those bad habits have worked those bad habits have 
kept your soul safe, even if it doesn't feel good. But it's met certain needs that your soul has. And God, again, he knows about this. It's not a big surprise. He, he knows we have needs that haven't been met. So we don't need to hide anything from him. But as we learn that, okay, this is an area where as you ask the Lord, how does this work, it's a very strong likelihood that your soul is going to run from that. Because right now, that area, your soul is in control. And God does not share you with your soul. Your your spirit, who you truly are, will not share the final authority in your life with your soul. Your soul thinks it's done just as good of a job at taking care of you as God would. In a sense, your soul thinks it's God and resents that now God is on the picture and is going to take its place. So very often our soul will rebel. Now sometimes that rebellion is very soft. Sometimes it's very strong. Sometimes it's rejection of what God is doing in our lives, doubting our salvation, um, throwing a monkey wrench into the direction God wants to bring us in. Anything that your soul can come up with to keep and maintain the power that it already has. And then if there's always an opportunity to gain more power, it will do that. That's the way God made your soul. Now, let's go back to the original construct of spirit, soul, and body. Spirit, which is part of who God is, your spirit is one with God. If you've been born again, you're one with him. Spirit begets spirit. That spirit feeds life, eternal life, into your soul. And that soul shares that life with body, with the natural realm, with your body, and with the whole natural realm. So your soul's first job, first duty, first function, your soul is made to receive. Receive life from God. That's what it's made for. And then to shuttle it along, to continue to share it. It, Your soul is the middleman, takes with one hand and gives with the other. But for so long, your soul has had to keep on giving, but was not able to receive. There was nothing to receive because it was dead. You were dead in your spirit. So no life was there. So your soul reached out and took other sources, took love where it could get it, took safety where it could get it, took any benefit, everything it needed on its own. That's what your your soulical receiving 
was grabbing by its hand by your hands anything it could get sometimes that was social, socially acceptable sometimes it was socially unacceptable sometimes it looked good to others sometimes it looked bad to others either way it was not the way god intended god created your soul to receive everything it needs everything all your needs are met all your soulical needs are met by your spirit because your spirit is in God. But we, your soul now needs to relearn how to receive. So we put ourselves in the situation, and then it needs to learn how to give. Because, again, what is God's nature? To give. What is love? Love is giving, sharing what we receive unconditionally. And I'm not just talking about a word of comfort or, you know, uh, I'll pray for you or, you know, even here, let me give you my house. It's the love of God. And that's going to be different in every situation, every circumstance. But because our soul has gotten so used to being on its own, It's not only forgotten how to receive, it's forgotten how to truly share what it has received. You can think of your your soul as all shriveled up. It has armor on it, and it doesn't want anybody near it. It wants to be left alone in misery, because change is hard. And it's easier to just maintain where you're at rather than to try something new, let alone... You know, the hand of God love is extending love, and we're afraid of it. But again, that's okay. God knew that. So we've looked at, been spending years talking about spending time hearing, having our, our senses tuned to hear and perceive the presence of God. Now we're going to look for those senses to, to perceive and be attuned to our own abilities. Now we know that our soul is going to rise up against that. So the simplest way, we talked before about speaking in tongues. Why is that helpful? And it is. This is you know, I can basically guarantee the more you speak in tongues, just like Paul said, I speak in tongues more than all of you. Why was he boasting of that? Because there's something special about speaking in tongues, speaking what they call it a prayer language, whatever. And a lot of it is because it goes around your, to a great degree, not entirely, but to a great degree, it goes around your soul. You can be speaking in tongues at any time, at any point in the day, in whatever your circumstance. You don't have to understand it but there's a connection that is made between your spirit and your soul that is not interfered with. Again, it's not 100%. It's not perfect. It's still just an ability. We don't elevate any of those abilities to being godlike or holy or perfect. These are strictly abilities. But that's one of the big ways is to, as, as often as you care to, You know, this is not about being legalistic, that you have to speak in tongues or use your prayer language 
X amount of time, X number of times a day. But I would encourage you to consider coming up with a schedule. You know, five minutes in the morning, five minutes at night. Start there. Increase. You know, on your way into work, instead of listening to the radio, you know, be careful how you drive, you know. Um, But whatever it is, this will stir up the abilities that are already there. Another Another thing you can do that may take even more practice is when you spend, or even when you're speaking in tongues, after you do that, find something neutral to do and then come back to it. When you are doing something neutral, and by neutral I mean something that doesn't involve a lot of pressure or stress or, um, I won't say not necessarily attention, but, you know, stressful attention. Like, you know, if you've got homework, go do some homework. Or if you need to do... You know, if your teacher grades some papers, 15 minutes, half an hour, and then come back, speak in tongues some more. Or just wait patiently for God. Or if you're working on, let's say, the gift of healing, you, you ask the Lord, Lord, who shall I ask for learning about healing? Who, sh- who needs healing? Bring back to my attention someone who needs healing or a situation that needs healing, however you want to do it. Let And then go do something other, something that is automatic. Vacuum. Change the oil in your car. Take a drive. Make dinner. Take the garbage out. Do something that comes easily. Then go back and ask the Lord, okay, any, any, you know, anybody you want to bring to my attention. Just kick-starting and, and, Drawing away gives your soul an opportunity to be distracted enough where God can reveal himself in a special way. And we will go into this in more detail next week. Do start taking these things seriously. They're fun. They're for your benefit. God loves you and God wants you to know not just him but your own abilities. He does not want you to be unaware of who you are. So thanks for tuning in. We'll be getting back together again the same time next week. Until then, this has been Diane Thomas of Rainers Radio. Have a great night. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.